0: Let's go. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Very Reasonable Pilots Podcast. I'm your host, Charles. Along with me is always my co-host, editor, producer, co-pilot, gunner, navigator, orator, and podcasting associate, Anthony gloth How are you doing today, Anthony?
1: Uh, my name is Jake, but yeah, um, I'm doing all right. Uh, we're doing something kind of special today because uh, yes, I don't really Very like the, the pitch it. that I wrote for this week, and so I... And also I kinda wanted to edit something a little bit more fun, you know? Been we've been yeah. stuck doing the same thing every time. I like doing a script every once in a while, which is a mm-hmm. spoiler, that's what we're doing. We're doing a script. We're doing um, a script. It's fun, you know, I like doing fun voices. We haven't done that in a little bit, so it's exciting.
0: Uh and we need to show off how good uh voice actors we would be if someone would hire us to be voice actors. Uh, yeah,
1: it's true. We well, you know. Well we you know, we've already We'd showed off our shops well enough in uh Mm-hmm. What was it? Demons and Delinquents Our, you know, episode 100 Emmy winning performance. Um, yeah. Well, not not real Emmys, uh, but like the fake Emmys that Charlie's mom got. Us. Yeah. Yeah.
0: They're great. They're so good. <laughs> and they're made out of chocolate. Mm-hmm. I, I ate mine. They kind of look like Santa Claus, but they, they're Emmys. She told me they're Emmys. Big white beard, just like an Emmy. All right. What are we doing today? What 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 brand new televisual show are are we doing uh, the script for? What oh, completely well, not... original idea that <laughs> uh... the listeners have never heard before? Are we doing today?
1: Well, let's be honest. It practically is a brand new idea because who really listened to Beyond Reason? Uh, that was episode I don't even know, like six,
0: like five, 20. yes, some ridiculously there. early, like fifteen a very... or some shit like that.
1: I might have been my—I think it was my first space show I pitched. Um, yeah, oh. because you know this is—and is, how you know, far kidding. we've come. Yeah, um, you're—you know—if if someone if only listened to two episodes of the Very Reasonable Pilots podcast, right, and it's just mm-hmm. that one and this one, um, they're going to be like, uh, well, that you know these two shows aren't really the same, and that's because I changed a lot of things. So it is kind of like a brand so much. new pitch, you know?
0: Yeah. Changed enough, you know. I, I changed and a it's lot. At the end it's, of the it's, day, it's a it's space. Very,
1: show. it's not quite similar. Episode fifteen. Yeah. I just looked it. It's called Beyond Reason. Wow. Another space show. VRP episode fifteen. Another space show. I put that in the title because I was like, we were doing so many space shows.
0: Yeah. And we had done fourteen. How many space more shows up until have we point?
1: done after that? When we had done a one, lot two, uh, three, four, five, Can six. I name them? We've done six space shows up before episode fifteen. Can you name your first mm. space show?
0: Um, the first I re- know the first two shows I pitched were Batman Beyond and The Matrix.
1: Right? They were. Yes, those are the first two episodes.
0: Um, the is it Friends? But they're in space.
1: Oh, see, that is your second second space show. That is not your first space show. Oh, your first space fuck. show is DC in space
0: oh my god i totally forgot about dc in space i was thinking about dc in space the other day because uh, adam strange who's the main character of that show is like having a bit of a resurgence he's showing up in things you mm-hmm.
1: know um and i um, actually had the first space like that show, show that we ever did do you know what that one was you should because his title mm. is a classic I'll give you a hint. It's Maystar with a W-O-M-A-N.
0: Oh, Will Mandalorian. There the we Will go. Mandalorian. I the Will is Mandalorian. Right. Didn't yeah. we cast Scarlett Johansson as the Will Mandalorian in that yep. show?
1: She's the she's the Will Mandalorian. Yeah. I think that might be our best title we've ever we had on VRP, yeah. and it was only in the fourth episode.
0: It's certainly the the punniest. Mm-hmm. The title Mandalorian that we've ever had, I think. It was right there. I don't uh, know how it's cert- no
1: one's made that joke yet. Clearly. Yeah.
0: Except us. Except yep. you, really. I just kinda of jumped on the bandwagon.
1: I don't know if I came up with it or you
0: did. But that's actually. this whole show.
1: <laughs> I'd have to listen to that episode. No,
0: you said the Wool Mandalorian. You said we're gonna do a show today. I've been watching a lot of Mandalorian. You know what I thought about this? There needs to be a woman Mandalorian. That's mm-hmm. I think is direct quote from the episode.
1: I don't think I phrased it like that, but yeah. Uh, but let's let's get into this because I, we're already I don't even yeah, know how it's going it. into this recording and we haven't even gone into the show that minutes. we're actually doing five minutes um so it's beyond reason um i have a little summary here um that you read out just a second ago but i'll read again um so of course the show it is a musical uh lone wolf style space bounty hunter with mommy issues teams up with a cocky fox as in like a actual fox being sort of thing like think uh either the guy from sonic tails or um what's star fox from uh from whatever. From what, what's that Star show? Fox. Star Fox. Was it just Star called? Fox? Yeah. So it's I'm like that, sure. you know. Think of it's more like Star like, Fox uh, than Tails. Um, yeah. I was thinking the an color anthropomorphic scheme from Tails.
0: space fox man, like Humanoid Rocket Raccoon, kind of thing, but yeah. like tall. Yeah. Yeah. So
1: just a furry animal that's a human, but it's a, fox. a furry. Let's yeah, just say. Let's not say, just just More, say what it think is. Think of it's Star Fox. Perfect. All right. Let's be clear here. Yeah. Um, and the two find themselves chasing the same score uh, with the with the help of an armor born warrior and a cyborg squirrel. The team blasts off into the stars in search of love, self worth, appreciation, and most importantly, Charlie, money. Uh, because isn't that what we all involved. need in life? Yeah.
0: Yes, a hundred percent. Why do you think I'm so cold right now? Because I don't have enough of
1: it. Uh, yep. <laughs> Your heating's I- on.
0: I've already burned all the money I have to keep the fire going
1: and um, you know well that's your problem Charlie you should have anything else. given it to the company that provides eating and you would have saved some of that money
0: I don't trust big business what can I uh, say okay. I think it's much much smarter to burn all of this money to keep mm-hmm. this very small
1: fire going I've that's, got that's soup nice. on the boil yeah kind of smells I don't know what kind of soup it is but it's, it smells really bad It's people soup uh, we're going to get right the, into the it, m- m- I think, is, is what we've got to do here. Um, Charlie is going to be playing uh, Tommy Pickles, who's that Fox character I just mentioned, and I'm going to be playing Dora Goodlight, and I'll be doing the narration as well. Um,
0: Tommy Pickles, no relation to Tommy Pickles from the
1: Rugrats. Actually not. I, I don't know why. I guess, I guess his name is actually also Tommy Pickles, isn't it? Yeah. I, I thought Tommy that was an off on of, purpose gag. No, no. It, Tommy was someone I know, and then Pickles. I don't remember why I did Pickles. Um,
0: a funny last name. I feel like you recognize the name Tommy Pickles somewhere in your subconscious. You're like, oh, Maybe. that's a good name. And you just used it, having forgotten that it's the name of a.
1: Of a Rugrats a character. That's yeah, right. <laughs> that's probably true. That's probably true. Uh, yeah. Don't sue me, Rugrats Incorporated. Uh,
0: don't. Oh, man, imagine.
1: <clears throat> All those babies in suits yep. running around filing lawsuits. All right. Um, I think the, the only way so that the audience can properly understand when we dive in and out of character, because even though our lovely, you know, at voices um, mm-hmm. are, you know, they're when we dive into the, the characters, they think that there's someone else entirely talking. Um, of course. Yeah, they'll, they'll, but you know, just in case, it even you know they somehow get confused um there yep. will be a certain music playing that is playing right now Ooh, when this music is playing that means we're doing the script when it's not that we're means in we've character jumped out to help you yeah, differentiate
0: to, to ask questions to make gags to make jokes to mm-hmm. make observations yeah it'll be great
1: be great um all right. all right i'm jumping in now here we go beyond reason pilot Interior, drug den in on Makovia. Dozens of all manners of species, cat people, lizards, wolf men, humans, and a gelatinous blob, are working with vials and solutions. All of their eyes are singularly focused on their task and they move with methodic precision. The double doors of the mysterious dark, dingy drug laboratory stick out at the end of the long hallway. Exterior, slum district, day. Outside, Dora Goodlight prepares for his epic raid. He's a modestly and neutrally dressed bounty hunter. Think of Rick Deckard, Blade Runner. He's the kind of person that gently folds their toilet paper before wiping. No, no, no. Dora shuffles through a list of songs in a small MP3 player with a slim radio antenna sticking out at the top. His thumb stops scrolling, and "Footloose" by Kenny Loggins begins to play. Yes, that's the one. Interior drug down. In. The steel doors of the laboratory blast open in a spectacular but controlled explosion. Sunlight pours in and we push in as Dora Goodlight steps into the room with a blaster rifle rays. The thugs panic but move too slowly. Dora fires rapidly, taking out the thugs and equipment everywhere, clearing the room while screaming the lyrics. We switch to his point of view as he scans the room with a green light wave coming from his helmet. A man hiding underneath the floorboards is lit up in red. Dora Goodlight marches over to the man's hidey hole. Each of his footsteps pounds with the man's erratic breathing. Dora Goodlight flips open the hatch, and the man stares up at him, whimpering. Charlie, whimper for it. Do, do, the, do the whimper. That's, that's the again. <laughs> uh, Dora Goodlight stops the music. He stands over the weasel of a man who's breathing excessively while holding his stomach. Target secured, preparing for extraction. Suddenly, a lizard woman, now revealed to have been playing dead, pops up with a scream and aims her gun at Dora. As Dora turns around to try and shoot her, a blaster bolt rips through the thug's chest. Dora whips around to the door where he sees Tommy Pickles, a yellow and white vulper, humanoid fox similar to Tails from Sonic the Hedgehog, with a long trench coat and flashy boots. Tommy's two blaster pistols are raised and smoking. Who the freak are you? Your freaking
0: hero. Registered Galactic Bounty Hunter number 7079, THE Tommy Pickles. You can save your applause till after I get you out of here, son.
1: Get me out of here? What? No way, this is my score. Dora turns on a wrist hologram which displaces his service number, 7080, and his bounty record, seven confirmed bounties. I'm registered Bla- Galactic Bounty Hunter number 7080, and I've got here first.
0: Okay. First off, we're number buddies. What are the
1: odds of that little coinky dick? Second, I called dibs. Dibs? What? I killed the whole freaking room. I wiped out like 20 guys on my own. It was like super freaking impressive.
0: Yeah, well, you didn't kill the last guy. And they were all on the lightning anyway, so it's not like they had a chance. Uh, lightning?
1: What the hell are you talking about?
0: Are you serious? Wow, you really are an amateur.
1: I'm literally one number behind you on the codex. How am I an amateur?
0: It's okay, Rook. I'll explain. Lightning is what they're pumping into the city's veins, bro. It's like the opposite of slow-mo juice. Everything is like 12 times speed. It can make a whole day pass in an hour. For them, you were moving at light speed. They had no chance. It
1: doesn't matter because either way, I'm taking this
0: guy in. Dude, not cool. I saved your life. You owe me at least an 80% cut.
1: 80%? Are you insane? 20 at most. 70. 30.
0: S- uh, 60.
1: 40. Halfsies? <sighs> okay, fine. Halfsies. Dora turns back to the man in the hole to see he is bled to death during their conversation. Okay, well that sucks.
0: Come on, grab his corpse. Let's go, Rook.
1: The name's Goodlight. Dora Goodlight. Don't call me Rook.
0: Whatever, man. Come on, just get him and go.
1: Dora sighs and grabs the deceased drug dealer. He slings him over his back and leaves the den. Cut to exterior, Macovia slums. Dora and Tommy walk the streets of the futuristic yet dystopian slums. Many of the buildings are made out of warm, sta- worn, stamped concrete, like a dry clean only Disney amusement park that was tossed in the wash with towels. Spectators whisper and comment as they pass.
0: So. Was your plan to just walk through the streets with a rotten corpse on your shoulder? Or did you think the, ma- the money would just magically appear when you touched him?
1: Well, the plan was to take him alive.
0: Well, who were you talking to when you were doing that weird tough guy voice thing? You know, the whole target secure, prepare for, and that, You sounded like an idiot.
1: I, I was, I, uh, I,
0: it's my, it's my mom. Your mom? <laughs> what? Why were you talking to your mom?
1: I just... I... I wanted to let her know that I, you know, that I that I did it.
0: That you did it?
1: Yeah, I, uh, you know, I, I give her updates every now and then so that she'll... I I realize I'm just, like, as, as good as my brother.
0: Alright, I don't want to delve into that toxic brain hole, because I can already tell that the emotional baggage has been left on the carousel for way too long. At this point, it's probably a bomb and the staff don't want to get anywhere near Can, can we not do this? I mean seriously, even the bomb squad guys are too scared to approach this thing.
1: Just, I'm gonna need you to
0: stop. Fine, I was brought out of steam anyway. So do you really not have an extraction plan?
1: Nope. Dora, or uh, Tommy puts his arm on Dora's shoulder.
0: Classic Rook move. Let me teach you a lesson. Plans always fall apart. There was this one time I was on rank of nine hunting a
1: demon screamer, then- Dora shoves Tommy's hand away. Shut up, alright? Please, let's just turn this guy in and go our separate ways. I'm not your, your buddy. Alright, hotshot, you got a little
0: confidence in your veins after catching your first bounty. It's alright, I understand.
1: Please shut up before I blast a hole for you, alright?
0: Okay, okay. I see I got a sensitive one on the hook.
1: Dora and Tommy approach a massive gravity elevator with blue waves in the air propelling people upward. The lift is on the edge of the walkway, giving a better look at the layered sci-fi city. The elevator connects all the different districts. The mining quarry at the bottom, the slums just above, business and apartments in the middle, and the opulent mansions in the cloud.
0: No way. Am I
1: going up a force lift? What? Why? We have to. It's the only way up to the upper districts.
0: No way. Alright, my cousin went up one of these. And two weeks later, he was dead. What?
1: Are you saying the lift killed him?
0: Two weeks passed, and he had full-blown space cancer. His insides looked like a can of pre-cooked chicken.
1: Okay, that that's insane. People use these every day. That's what I'm saying.
0: It's all a big cover-up by the lift companies, alright? They got the whole planet in this gigantic, bureaucratic bubble wrap. We're all just insulated from the truth. Wow,
1: okay. Um, we can take a yellow cab instead. Dora and Tommy approach a long curb of black cabs with the words yellow on top. Wealthy citizens in reptile coats and fur boots climb into the first view.
0: Hey, uh, pal, can uh, you spot me for the ride? I didn't bring my uh, ball.
1: Really? I I don't know. I, I, I don't want this to mess up my, my cab score. Tommy raises his eyebrows and shrugs his shoulders with open palms. He's sorry, but not really. Dora sighs. Interior. Yellow cab. The trio climb into the cab with Dora sitting in between Tommy and the dead lightning dealer. Dora drops a clear ball into a marble slide on the back of the center console. The driver looks at Dora and then at the dead man and then back at Dora. He, um... He, uh... Get a a, a rough night? Uh, Dora's pleading means little to the driver. He turns his head to the screen and gives Dora a zero star rating. Dora turns to Tommy. Do you have any idea how long it took me to get a five star passenger rating?
0: No clue. I never even bothered making an account. I spent
1: five years. Changing accounts, buying crepes for drivers, even volunteered at the union. I donated my freaking liver to a cabbie's nephew's third cousin just to get my rating bump from a four point nine to a five. But now it's all gone. Years of hard work erased.
0: Whoa, man! Don't no need to take it all so seriously. You're a bounty hunter. You gotta live life on the edge. It's not like you're banned from the yellows. You just need to get in a trans-highway gang shootout with the other cabs for the Union to even consider blacklisting you.
1: You are the most inconsiderate sludge bin on the entire planet. No, the entire galaxy. I've known you all of thirty minutes and you've already butchered my bounty, insulted me beyond reason and stolen half my profits. I don't even need your help. I don't even want your help. When we are done here, I never want to see your putrid mug ever again. Tommy's face turns red and his eyes grow wet. He sniffles and turns to the window. Dora looks at the rear view to see the driver shaking his head. The score drops to negative one stars. Dora huffs and faces his window, only to see another cab with four zany characters dressed just like the, the gang at the lightning lab. One is staring right at the dead dealer with his face pressed against the window. Dora's eyes widen, and he slowly pushes the dealer's head into his lap. Dora's eyes remain locked with a thug in the other cab. Um, to- Tommy? Tommy stays silent. Tommy, please, this is important. Whatever it is, handle it yourself, you big meanie. Tommy, we do not have time for this. The glass shatters in slow motion as the radio's classical music intensifies for release or the 1812 Overture. A laser bolt whizzes through the air past Dora's horrified eyes. Tommy remains still as the bullet exits his window. The driver presses a black button on the center console and the cab accelerates, snapping us out of slow motion. Dora half-climbs out the window and fires at the chasing car as he shoots two more cars enter the fray. Tell me I could really use your help right here. Apologize. Dora slides back into the car as a bolt smashes the back window. What? You heard me. I want to hear an apology. Look, I'm- I'm sorry, okay? Just please help. Sorry for what? A laser streak fries Dora's headrest. Do we need to do this now? I need your help, okay? Sorry for what? I I'm sorry for calling you a sludge bin, okay?
0: And? And I need your help. I couldn't do this bounty without you. Okay, is that good enough?
1: Tommy smiles and begins constructing Lego-like pieces from his coat pocket.
0: This is the last time I go halfsies with some dumb braid, herd wrangling bone skull with a number above seventy eighty. All of you are uh, mate, That word is, like, really <laughs> difficult. <laughs>
1: uh, <laughs> okay. anti Anten- Anti-penultimate. Anti penultimate Ant- okay.
0: Yeah, okay, that's fine. I just- <laughs> I was really going hard in that, like, <laughs> sentence, and I was like, fuck that me.
1: Massive word. All right, let yep, me- Sorry.
0: Yeah. Let me see. This is the last time I go halfsies with some dumb brain, hair-drangling, bone-skull with a number above 70-80. All you anti-penultimate hunters are the same with your macho lone wolf getup. You watch Blade Runner one time, and you think Harris. you think you're Harrison
1: Ford. Just shut up and help, okay? Dora fires sporadically at the driver behind. Tommy finishes putting the pieces together revealing a large rifle with a bipod. It takes her a minute to spool up.
0: Could you shoot at the side of the window while I line
1: them up? Uh, On it! Dora fires his gun with one hand at the cars behind. His coat waves in the wind as he lines up a bolt with the driver. Just when he squeezes the trigger, a huge bolt of blue energy erupts from Dora's gun and vaporizes all three cabs in one swift explosion of glory and metal. Dorbs wraps back into the seat with an open mouth and a wide eyes. What the hell was that? It's cool,
0: isn't it? Too bad it's only a one-hit wonder.
1: Tommy tosses the rifle out the back window and it sails downward through traffic.
0: What? Wh- wh- why did you do that? Oh, uh, it's disposable. It only has one charge.
1: Wh- what was that thing?
0: I don't know, I got off some fleet commander in a casino. He said it would be like firing a starship's main gun, but it only has one shot, and then it's done.
1: Okay. I mean
0: yeah, that was incredible. Yeah, I didn't I honestly didn't know it was gonna be that effective. Kind of relieved because it was
1: the only card I had up my sleeve. Cut to exterior Macovia upper levels. The cab door slams and Dora's credit marble pounds into his chest with a thud. The once clear ball is black. Dora's head hangs as the cab flies off, sputtering and shattered.
0: I'm sorry about your score. We can use mine next time.
1: Dora sighs and lifts his head. The pair begin walking down the floating, clean streets of the upper levels. It's okay. I mean, it's, it's not okay, but it will be.
0: I hey, think. man, if it makes you feel any better, at least you didn't get space cancer, huh?
1: Dora smiles, then furrows his brow. I still can't believe that whole thing is just a, a big cover-up. I mean... How come the doctors didn't file a complaint to the Planet Health Agency?
0: Oh, it's uh, because they're in on it too.
1: Ah, that's just crazy.
0: Uh, yeah, well, when they when we took my cousin's into the dock, she said his lung cancer was from all the smoke sticks he puffs. What? But I don't believe in any of that gibberish. I mean, how could you? How could a cancerite rod make someone sick? It's finely processed, using the most refined recycled chemicals known to the
1: system. Are you are you kidding me? I know. That's what I was saying. No, you're crazy. I can't believe I fell for that. Oh my god, you you tanked my capster score and blacklisted my credit marble over the dumbest, most factually numb conspiracy jargon in the whole galaxy.
0: That's uh, a great and disagree. What?
1: Oh my god, you're crazy. I I, uh, I I don't I don't know. I I I guess I'm just gonna have to deal with that. Cut to interior, Jan's Bounty Hunter Emporium. Dora waltzes into the empty shop and dramatically drops the dead drug dealer on the counter in front of Jan, a slimy slug woman who runs the bounty hunting union in the city. Dora, in a deep voice, Jan, we have neutralized the target. Are
0: you my cut?
1: Uh, uh, what? what?
0: I said, are you my cut?
1: Uh... Uh, no, I'm, I'm not a cat.
0: Then how come you're walking in here, looking all proud and mighty, dropping 120 pounds of rotting flesh onto my desk?
1: This is the, the, the target, the, the bounty.
0: This is what I get for dealing with amateurs.
1: Jan moves away from them and looks up at the ceiling with anger.
0: If you want a job, then right, you can't do an open contract.
1: What do, you, what do you mean? Jan pulls out a large wanted poster and drapes it over the corpse. She points at the bold words at the bottom of the page. Wanted alive. Do not bring him in dead under any circumstances. Oh.
0: Oh. Oh. Wait. He is alive. What? What? Yeah. He's, um,
1: resting. Dora tilts his head and looks at Tommy, who gives him a nudge and nods with pursed lips. Uh, uh yeah, yeah. He um, he got hit with some, some 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 knockout gas. Jan feels the dead man's neck for a pulse.
0: Knockout gas. This man wouldn't wake up if we bludgeoned his brain in with the combined weight of your thick skulls. He's pushing up daisies. He's bought the farm. He's bleeding, demised. Does, uh, does this mean we're not getting paid? Get out now. Take this corpse with you before I blow both of your heads off.
1: Okay, okay, okay we're going. I was, um, uh, nice doing business with you. Call us uh, next time you you have a contract. Cut to exterior Makovia shipyards. Dora and Tommy lift the dead drug dealer into a dumpster. Well, I guess
0: we don't need to split the reward now, huh? <laughs> huh?
1: This is all your fault. Wasn't
0: it you that shot the target, causing him to bleed to death? Pretty sure the blame is squarely on your moderately proportioned shoulders.
1: If you hadn't been yapping your mouth, I might have been able to stitch him up. First
0: off, hurtful.
1: Secondly, a bunch of thugs round the corner and spot Tommy, Dora, and the deceased bounty target tommy and dora and the thugs all look at each other and then at the corpse in the dumpster they all look back at each other and then at the dumpster again their eyes hold each other for a moment everyone's staring at the dead man and then the two men tossing him into a dumpster and then they all draw their guns tor and tommy tommy and dora dive for cover under a long wall i
0: hate you how is this in any way my fault
1: Tommy and Dora fire as they run through the streets and down an alley. They come out into a shipyard where dozens of space vessels are parked. Follow me, quickly! Dora, tommy shoots backward at the pursuing thugs as Dora leads the way. They finally get to Dora's ship, where a docked attendant robot is doing repairs. On the side of the vessel, it says, Aspen One.
0: Mr. Goodlight, your ship is now in optimal condition. You have clearance for... Great, thanks. Tommy, let's get out of here. Come on. We can't. There are too many... What...
1: They will blow us out of the sky if we try to. Stray laser strikes a large uh, figure covered entirely in green armor. Imagine Master Chief from Halo, but as a sumo wrestler. He roars and spins around with a Gatling gun, mowing down the thugs that were just chasing them as they scream into the shipyards. Launch. Tommy and Dore watch watching all as the big guy cuts down waves of the thugs on his own. Hey, tall, dark, and menacing. You want to ride? What?
0: We can't! This guy is saving our butts. You want to leave him? You really are a rook. What?
1: Uh, no, fine. Okay, let's just go. Torandami board the ship and head inside while the big guy fires from the entry ramp. Cut to inside of the the bridge of the Aspen One. Dora sits in the captain chair and turns on the ship with a keycard. Cut to the uh, Makovia shipyards. The big gun continues firing as the doors of the ship slowly close and the Aspen One flies away back to the bridge Dora exhausted sitting at the console oh my god oh my god we made it
0: you're welcome
1: <laughs> what did you do
0: you did nothing a great leader knows how to delegate delegate
1: what did you even how did you uh... Dora's eyes go wide with anger as he clenches his fists the anger rests on the edge of the pot just as he looks like he might boil over he releases his fist and exhales I just uh, I can't with you The big guy lumbers up to the bridge, blood splattered all over his armor, he's breathing heavily.
0: Speaking of delegating, how is our new death machine?
1: I am Rocky Jr., former Amorian
0: sentinel. Amorian? Oh crap, this is awesome. What about it? You don't know about Amorians either? Damn, this really is your first day. It's not my first day. Amorians are cold-blooded murder factories. They are literally born into their armor. Can't take it off if they wanted to. This is amazing. I've never seen one in the reels. Come on.
1: Tommy shakes hands with Rocky Jr.
0: I'm Tommy Pickles, bounty hunter and captain of the Aspen One. Captain? This is my ship. And this pretentious hothead over here is Dora Goodlight. He's a little sensitive today.
1: I literally just met you today. How did you even know?
0: (laughs) Guys... I don't want to jinx it, but I think this is the start of something truly special.
1: Somebody kill me. The ship's lights turn red and a voice comes over the speaker.
0: Crew of the Aspen One, we have you locked in our reticle. Surrender now for a slow and painful death or flee for a quick and dirty, fiery explosion.
1: Dora's head slams into the controls, and the X fails violently. You asked for it. End of Act Two. Ba boom. Um. So that is the first two acts. Charlie, would you like to continue, Do you, or, want, to do the uh, third? you want to talk about it for a second, maybe? Yeah,
0: let's talk about it. Let's have a little chat, because there seems to be a lot and more characters, and I'm not sure I could do with the voices. I, I think I'm, you know, <laughs> yeah.
1: I feel like I'm pretty proud of your uh, your yawn impression on the fly that was good I I was happy with that too
0: I'm glad that went as well as I as it you know it it did Um,
1: yeah Um, I think we might actually call there because we're going to introduce a bunch of characters yeah Um, well there'll there'll be a couple voices at the end there's a couple more jokes that are pretty good Mm -hmm. but um, I think that might be good for for now that's a good cliffhanger I think yeah that was good at least I like this show beyond reason it's fun Mm-hmm. It's it's pretty different than the uh, original pitch, mm-hmm. um, but similar, obviously, in a lot of ways. Space I don't think the names—I I don't even think I had names No, in the original pitch. That sounds about right oh. for
0: episode 5 or whatever, 15, 9, yep. 17. There was a lot of
1: character 1, character 2s, I think, Yeah. in the beginning. I think this might have been my, my first show with like character 1, character 2. I don't think I had names, <laughs> which is just terrible. That's bad. That's fine. No, yeah.
0: Um. Yeah, that was fun. I like doing this. Yeah, I think it's fun. I think I need to start writing more scripts because <laughs> I haven't really written a script in uh, quite a while.
1: It's fun. I like doing lots of dialogue, you know, it's cool. I lots uh, I've of jokes. always
0: loved writing dialogue more than descriptions, personally.
1: Mhm. I thinking it's fun. You know, you get to have their voices.
0: Yeah. Really sound. I'm now. thinking for the next. Show for some shows in the future, I may do a scene rather than a full script because I have like scenes in my head of like what they're saying yeah. to each other and that sort of thing. So maybe we'll like we'll get to those scenes and we can do a script, we can slight splice that in, not a full like full pilot uh read through, but more just like a minute or two
1: long scene between the characters. Yeah, yeah, that could be fun. Mm hmm. Well, I, I was thinking we could, we could we could even do some some improv. Improv is always fun yeah, too. Yeah,
0: everybody loves a little bit of improv. And some lines, especially mm-hmm. when we're because
1: would you believe it? Some of the lines that we said in this were not written down. No. look at us, we're so some impressive. of the lines
0: had slightly different verb verbs and adjectives and nouns, and we changed them around mm-hmm. a little bit. I think you had more. I, I, I kind of stuck you... to the script a little bit more than you did. It's a good script. Yeah, well, I I'll wrote it, so it,
1: it makes. Yeah, I've read it before, you know. This is your first yeah. time reading it, so you, you didn't really have the. It's good, though. You don't I like it. Going.
0: Fun, lots of, of of verbose characters, lots of fun dialogue and
1: descriptions of things. Yeah, everyone loves yeah. words. Everybody yep. loves words. <laughs> All right, well.
0: Thank you, everyone, for listening to this experimental episode of the Very Reasonable Pilots podcast. I've been your host, Charles Long. With me, as always, been my co-host, editor, producer, co-pilot, gunner, navigator, orator, and podcasting associate, Jacob Gloth. If you like what you heard here and you want to hear more, please give us a like, a follow, subscribe, tell your friends, tell your family, tell your dog, tell your cat, and remember, we will be right back here next week with a brand new televisual series for you to all imagine and enjoy. And I even have a title for this one. It's written down. Oh. Yeah. The title's right. all that's written um, down, well, am but I supposed the title's to guess
1: it? written down. Um, huh? Give us, give us a give us a tease. Give us a very vague tease.
0: All right. It's about a you man... Know, if they with... listen to the
1: end of this, they deserve something. Yeah. They deserve a little... little You're right. Little spice it's about a, a man
0: ownership. who lives two very different lives. That's that's all I'm going to say?
1: Two very uh, different lives.
0: Two very different lives. Now, now i got
1: to take a guess. That's, that's mm. how this works. I've got a guess now. Um, He's... uh. Two very different lives. Um, he is both an old man and a young man at the same time. He's Benjamin Button, but he's, he's actually with two different Button. people. He's, he's, oh. he's See, like, that... he, he lives a life as an old guy, but he's also living a life as a young guy. It's two different. Like, one life is a family and everything. Your mm-hmm. life is just a young guy, maybe a girlfriend.
0: That's fun. That, that that's sounds what, what more comes. like a relationship drama. That sounds like, like you know a real story i don't know story. i guess that's
1: never something you would do yeah that
0: sounds like a real story <laughs> with like themes and emotions that would like win an oscar or something this is about superheroes and and, and serial killers and stuff so
1: uh because he's got a secret identity he's that's Clark part Kent, of but it he's really superman he's
0: got he's got multiple secret identities isn't that weird and he Damn. doesn't even know what if he's
1: both the- lex Luthor and superman
0: there you go. Best of both worlds. Bald and have a cape. That'd be cool. The two, the two things I desire I your in life most. old supervillain. Yeah, that might be that might be one of the twists that so we get along in this in this show. Oh, yeah. who knows? I'm, I'm excited. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you, everyone, and I'll see you next week. And Jake will hear you next week.
1: I won't though. I won't be here next week. Trust Charlie. Bye.